Happy New Year. 2020. It's here. It's upon us. Mm-hmm. And it was as long as you said it would be. Last, I just recently listened to the last podcast. Oh, really? Like, you're like, have a great holiday and have a good new year. And I was like, we'll podcast before the new year. And you're like, mm, nah. And you were right. Yeah, we didn't because <laughs> it's always crazy at the end of December. That's right. Yeah. It is. Yep. But we're back. Yeah. We are back. And I'm really excited for what we're going to podcast about today. This is a delayed podcast. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think we mentioned it in the last episode. It should have happened in October, but... Yeah. This was one of our, our podcast plans for October, but it didn't happen because we were super busy and everybody got sick. But I was really excited about it in October, and I'm very excited about it now. Yeah. Because you like scary stuff. I do. But before we get into that, how's your new year going? Well, we're three days in. Yep. It's going well. That's all. That's all you have to say about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm alive. I'm surviving. <laughs> How about you? Hmm. Good. Good. Yeah. I had a lot of plans and none of them have happened yet. Yeah. Well, it's only three days. Well, yeah, I know. But I was like, I'm going to start the new year off in just a really clean and bright space. Oh. And I'm going to have my office beautiful and I'm going to have my home beautiful. No. No, not. I think those things are stupid. New Year's resolutions and stuff like that and like plans for the new year. Because you're you're not a different person. You're not less busy. You're not from 2019, December 31st, 2019 to January 1st, 2020. You don't just change overnight. So give yourself a little bit of grace with that. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm just very goal-oriented as a person. Yeah. And so I I agree with you. I don't think I'm a different person overnight. That said, I think I make goals all the time. And this is and there's a lot of energy around the goal making, so I get excited about it. Yeah. So I don't know. Small goals. Yes. That's Well, I had a small goal of cleaning my bathroom before the new year. Oh. So that I would have a nice way to start the new year. Well. And I would be able to get ready. But you were stuck in, in a space that felt good and sounded good and was and smelled of of Windex yeah well you got stuck in at your mom's that is true I also think it's hard to set goals to do before the new year because it's always crazy before the new year because because Thanksgiving was late by a week then Christmas then that week between Christmas and New Year's is just weird so I feel like it's not you shouldn't be hard on yourself for not getting a lot of things cleaned and done Right before the news. You mean my bathroom. And your office and your home. The the literal lowest bar is I wanted to clean my bathroom. Well. And I have stacks and stacks of leggings on my bathroom floor, so. Oh. So you need to do your laundry. So, this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Okay. Moving on. I, anyway, I'm very excited about this podcast because I love scary movies. Mm -hmm. I love them. I love scary everything, actually. Yeah. Yes. And Farron and I have talked a lot about that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you share the same, like, like obsessive love. No, I don't. That I do, but I, f- I feel like you have an appreciation. Yeah, I do. I have I like scary movies. Um, good scary movies. Right. Um, Not Halloween. I liked Halloween. No, no, no. Wait, what am I thinking of? Not Halloween. I liked Halloween, too. Friday the 13th. Yeah, I'm not into, yeah. And Trash. I just, right. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of picky with scary movies. Right. What's your favorite scary movie of all time? The Shining. Oh. Sure. Yeah. So that's why I'm excited that we're going to talk about it. Because I really like The Shining. Yes. Okay. So this podcast came to light 
or to dark. <laughs> oh boy. Whatever. Anyway, um, this podcast was birthed. Oh, Rosemary's baby joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is accidental, but they are just going and going. <laughs> Whatever. Created. Yeah. This was created. created in October when I was binging scary movies and Farron was watching her favorite scary movie, The Shining, and we noticed some problems. Yeah. And they've always been there, but I think, I don't know if I was just looking more closely or maybe we were super busy in October because we were. And so my work-life balance was kind of off. So as I was binging scary movies, I was like, oh, that's rape. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a scary movie. That's rape. Yeah. Or whatever it was, you know, in all of the scary movies, there's loads and loads and loads of gender-based violence that don't typically get discussed, I don't think. Right. Yeah, they get kind of overshadowed by the... The, just the scary stuff in the movie right like the jump scares yeah and the, and the slashers and the right yeah right so we were having a conversation about this and we each picked a movie that we watched in october that we thought was riddled with gender-based violence mm-hmm. and we're gonna talk about it today yeah that's what's gonna happen yeah so i picked rosemary's baby and i will say i'm ashamed because as somebody like who self-proclaims love horror movies I had never seen Rosemary's Baby until this year. I haven't seen it either. Well, this is a good time to say I'm going to give everybody a lot of spoilers. That's okay. I don't want to see it. I I will be honest. I love a good scary movie, and I can I can hang with the best of them, and it not bug me. This one really got under my skin. Mm-hmm. And I think it is because of the gender-based violence, though, because I can watch people get hacked to bits, and I'm just... Like, it's not, like, my ideal day, but... It doesn't keep me up at night. Rosemary's Baby sat with me hmm. for a bit. Hmm. And no one got hacked to bits in Rosemary's Baby, which is maybe why it sat with me. But it's yeah. very, like, it's a slow burn psychological thing. And there are super scary parts. But for me, what was chilling about it was the whole energy yeah. of the film and and how it's rooted in the things that we deal with every day at work. Yeah. So it's fascinating. So just for those who don't know. Um, okay. So we are <laughs> podcasting across the street from a snowmobile shop. So if you hear <laughs> weird like that noise, it's a snowmobile. No, Farron, you ruined the welcome, surprise. Yep. Welcome was, to Wyoming. That was our horror movie soundtrack in the background. The other night at 10 p.m., this was my husband in our driveway. Shut up. Yes, because he got a new snowmobile. His friend brought it from Iowa, and he's revving it up on the trailer, 10, 10.30 at night, and driving it up our driveway. And we live in, like, a nice neighborhood, like a family neighborhood. It was a work night. Did the police come? No, but they could have. And I'm like, okay, well, I feel that we need to apologize to all of the young families with little kids around us. who how are. How long? How long was he doing it for? A good, like five to seven minutes oh okay it was a little obnoxious that's not that long I was no thinking like an but hour. long enough to wake me up and I know it probably woke up the other people whose master bedroom windows also face the street and the babies and their children yeah anyway wow. I digress rude that's the real horror <laughs> suburban life this <laughs> is no joke oh speaking of maritable maritable yeah. oh my gosh marital bliss yes <laughs> rosemary's baby yeah so it was made in 1968. Who directed it? It was directed by, let's see. Oh, shoot. I can't remember. Oh, written and directed by Roman Polanski. Oh. 
Mm-hmm. Which we'll get into. Don't spoil it for people who don't know our friend Roman. So we'll get into that a little bit later because he has a checkered past. Um, but um, the cast features Mia Farrow, John Cas- Cassavetes. I don't know if I said that right. Ruth Gordon, Sydney Blackmer, Maurice Evans. You know, all those people that I don't know who are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the, the main girl from this is Soup's Famous now. And it, this movie was the thing that made her really famous. Uh, so, that, we've set the scene. It happens in New York City. And it takes place in this charming, beautiful apartment. Oh, Farron, it is beautiful. In New York City. Yes. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I watched it and I was like, okay, I know Satan lives in these walls, but oh. I would still sign up for that. I would take the risk and just live in that beautiful apartment building. So, newlyweds, newlyweds, Rosemary and her new husband, move into this apartment in New York City, and it's a steal. It's beautiful, and it's a good price, and it's way better than where they were living before, and they're very excited. And Rosemary's particularly excited because... um, there's it's a really supportive community in this building. They meet their neighbors right off the bat. They grow close to, I guess, the people that live behind her, the backs of their apartment touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and she's really excited because she wants to start a family. Mm-hmm. And she says this is the perfect spot. This is a really safe apartment building. There's basically grandma and grandpa living back back door Mm -hmm. um, because of these lovely neighbors that they that they meet and she's so excited to kickstart her her life and and just be have all the babies Mm -hmm. so she's very excited about it that's that's where we begin so she better okay so she is married to this man who is an up-and-coming actor and at the beginning of the film, way there's a lot of there's a lot of room to be up and coming. Mm-hmm. Like he's doing community theater, if I remember right, and like little things. He's not really off the ground. Yeah, he's not off the ground, but it's his dream, and he's aspiring to be it. So he's going on a lot of auditions, and he's just doing all of these things. He's very ambitious, and Rosemary is very ambitious as well in the fact that she wants to have a baby. Mm-hmm. So she goes to the doctor. She gets everything squared away. And I, I believe that she does some sort of fertility testing because early on in the movie, she has an idea of when she is ovulating mm-hmm. and when she's most likely to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so she shares this with her husband, who in some, for some reason, I'm thinking his name is Roger. Hmm. That's probably wrong. I don't know. I'll look it up. But she shares this with her husband And so they make a plan. He's very excited to have a baby. They're excited to start their family. Whatever. So the night comes where she's most likely to get pregnant. And they make a whole plan. And it's all great. Um, And they have a special dinner. And they have some champagne. Mm -hmm. They have some cocktails. They have some wine. She drinks a lot. And by that, I'm doing air quotes mm-hmm. because she drinks her normal amount, but weirdly seems to get drunk very quickly. Oh. What might that be? Huh. We've seen that. Hmm. Yes. Tell it, say it louder for the people in the back. We've seen that. <laughs> Drugs! Yeah. <laughs> she was drugged. Drugs. Sounds yeah. to me like she was drugged. Right. Yeah. Right. So she drinks her normal amount, but, you know, our friend, uh, the husband, has slipped a little something to make it go down smooth. Right. Yeah. Other words... 
date rape drugs. Yeah. So she is like, whoa, drunker than I usually am with one glass of champagne and a cocktail or whatever. And she, no, I remember the neighbors from the back, they bring a special dessert. This is where the drugging happens. Oh, so the husband didn't drug her. The neighbor drugged her. Oh, wait, Farron. Oh. Oh, wait. So, it's the moose. It's the chocolate moose Mm. that gets her. Mm. And all of a sudden, she's like, whoa, don't feel great. How am I this drunk? I'm chocolate moose drunk. Yeah. Yep. So, she gets real groggy, goes to her room, and passes out. Now, this is where the most famed sex scene in the horror industry possibly mm. comes. And I I know this because when I talked to my mom about watching Rosemary's Baby, she's like, oh, that's the one where she has sex with Satan. And that's See, that's why sex. I don't want to watch this. Yeah, that's what happens. Because I am not about that. So she gets drunk. The next thing you see is she's in a basement. I, I said spoiler alert. A basement? But yep. they're in an apartment complex in New so York she's City. she's in the basement of, of the, apartment? the apartment? Good building. lord. There's a billion people around her. A billion meaning like... A ten. crowd, yeah, but weird. Yeah, there's a crowd. There's like, I don't know if she's on the ground or if there's a mattress or whatever, but it's the famous Satan sex scene. So weird. And by that, I mean rape scene. Because mm-hmm. she is barely conscious. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it is a whole ordeal. Poor Rosemary. Yes. That's so gross. Trauma. Uh-huh. Trauma. So she wakes up the next morning and she's like, whoa, honey, I had the weirdest dream. I think I had a dream that I got raped. And he's like, oh, no, the moose didn't work. Right? Because he's like, you were supposed to be. So he's in on all this. Yeah, he is. Okay. He's very in on it. Mm-hmm. So he's like, the moose didn't work. You remember some of this. So guess what his brilliant, brilliant cover-up is? Keeping in mind that she wakes up naked with a bunch of scratches on her. So she's got scratches all over her back and her arms. And she's like, "Mm, something isn't adding up because I had this dream I got raped and I'm like bleeding. And so his brilliant response, well, take a guess. What do you think? That she scratched herself? Okay, that's a good guess. What else? Uh, I don't, I don't know. She fell out of the bed. She fell out of the bed. One more, just one more. I don't know. Okay. Right. I don't know what other things there could be. Are you ready? Yeah. He's like, no, honey, it was me that raped you. Oh, that's yeah. better. Yep. Nope. He's like, I didn't want to miss our baby window. Uh huh. That's in air quotes because that's what he says. He's like, I know you were drunk. I know you were unconscious, but I didn't want to miss our chance to have a baby. And so I was just figuring, yeah, you know, might as well. I know you're, I know you're unconscious, but it's all good. What did she say to that? Um, she's like, she tried to talk to him about it, but then he made a bunch of jokes about how he needed to trim his fingernails, obviously, and how she shouldn't drink that much anymore. Okay. So, or eat that much moose. But she didn't know it was the moose. Yeah, okay. So how is he involved in all of this, you might ask? Yeah, how? Yes. He has stumbled into the greatest circumstances of his life. Okay? So the friendly grandparent neighbors are part of some sort of witch coven mm. that 
worship Satan. Mm -hmm. They made him a sweet little bargain where if he was on board with impregnating Rosemary with Satan's baby, he would have riches and fame and, and galore. He would have everything he wanted. He would be a great actor. And these people are in with Satan, so, like, I wouldn't put it past him, you know? Yeah. They got a lot of mystical powers. Mm -hmm. And so, naturally, he's like, all right, I'm in. I'll have Satan rape my wife. It'll be fine. Wow. Yep. Yep. So, all of this is horrific. Yeah. This was not the part that upset me. Oh, okay. Okay? This was... This was terrible. It was disturbing. Yeah, it was yeah. disturbing. It was sexual assault. It was crazy. It was supernatural. Yeah. But the rest of the movie, that all happens within the first 20 minutes. Oh, wow. And the rest of the movie is spent with her husband and this coven of witches gaslighting, oppressing, and making sure that she was 100% isolated. Mm. So she has the roughest pregnancy of all time. And all the while, her husband and these people are convincing her she's crazy, cutting her off from her support system, and making sure that she is completely on her own and thinks she's totally insane. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awful. Yeah. So let's talk about that in the context of domestic violence. Well, that's domestic violence. Yeah. That's what it is. Right. It was so cut and dry. And it's not, I mean, a lot of times domestic violence is just between two people, but it is often that we see entire families be involved in domestic violence. Mm -hmm. So like we'll have a client whose husband or partner is abusing her, but also his parents, his siblings, his kids, maybe her kids too. Like if they have kids together, he's gotten everybody on his side to do this kind of like gaslighting and isolation yeah so that's like not outside the realm of possibilities when you are working with domestic violence survivors for sure yeah that's so sad and there were even people in her life like one person this was you know late 60s and so this was soups controversial but she had a group of friends that were like this is a terrible pregnancy you won't made out you may actually die she was very sick Mm. do you want to have an abortion Mm -hmm. and she was like absolutely not and then all of a sudden all of those friends stopped calling like, the friends are just not, like, she's, he, mm. and, and then she, he convinces her that those friends don't have her best interest at heart, and how dare they, and blah, 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 whatever. And then there's one person who is kind of a father figure to her, um, and he says, like, you know, something isn't right here. I don't really like the way your husband is, is treating you. I don't, like, something seems really fishy. I'm going to dig into this a little bit. And then he's dies oh (laughs) yeah and so little by little all of the people that were in her corner are no longer there and she is completely alone thinking something is weird here but everyone's telling me that this is normal and everything is right Hmm. and that's terrible yeah that is it was terrible and they spent the whole movie doing that it even went to the point where she tries to get help from a doctor and the doctor calls her husband Oh no! Mm-hmm. And the 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 husband and the weird witchy neighbors get her the this is air quotes again like the best OBGYN in New York mm-hmm. who does all the celebrity babies mm-hmm. and he's in on it. Oh my gosh! And so she has no one to turn to, 
everyone is lying to her. Everyone is telling her she's crazy. And the people that she reaches out to to say like, I don't think I'm crazy. I think I need help. They direct her right back to those people. And it is such a trap. Mm. You spend 45 minutes to an hour feeling so trapped. And I wasn't even her. I was just feeling for her. And I felt so hopeless. Yeah. It was terrible. Mm. It even gets to the point where close to the end, you know, she has the baby. Mm-hmm. And what does the baby look like? They never show it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They never show it. She has the baby, but they drug her and tell her the baby died. Yep. Oh my God. Yep. And then they take the baby to like. To the most adorable little black bassinet. A black bassinet? <laughs> yeah, it is a little extra. It is a little extra. But the back neighbors have it, and it's like a black bassinet. That sounds like something Kim Kardashian would have. That's exactly what I was thinking when I watched it. I really? Like, this is very trendy. It's kind of chic. <laughs> it is. It definitely <laughs> is. But there's like black, uh, what is this? Uh, the, the tool. Yeah, the tool. The, the, yeah, the, yeah. yeah, the canopy thing. Yes, canopy. Yeah. yeah. And there's like little ornaments hanging. Ooh. Like, like, they're cute. Like Fashion an, baby. Like an upside down cross. And <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, the cute stuff. <laughs> but you never see the baby. But they tell her that the baby died in That's childbirth. so sad. And then they tell her it was her fault. Oh my god. It's terrible. I'm never watching this so movie. So she spends weeks in bed and they're drugging her. Oh good lord. She spends weeks in bed just being so depressed. Yeah. This pregnancy almost killed her. And then the baby died anyway. And it was her and fault. And it was her fault. That's right. But then she hears the baby crying through the wall. Oh. So she jumps out of bed all sneaky like. She starts like not taking the medication that they're giving her. And she finds a secret door to the back apartment with the witchy neighbors. And there's a group of people there. And then, you know, that super trendy, super adorable bassinet. Yeah. And she sees her baby. Mm-hmm. Which I assume does not look like a normal baby. Okay. she goes. <gasps> Gasps. Because it's right. got red horns. Sure. I don't know. And hooves. I'm just, something. yeah. I'm just Little picturing. <laughs> It looks like a steer. It's like a little baby cow. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, the, and this is where they leave it, honestly. they, they That's where it ends? Yes. It ends with her in this apartment with all of these witchy people looking at her baby. And w- someone, I think it's one of the witchy neighbors that's like the surrogate grandma lady, is like, you know, yeah, this didn't go the way you wanted it to. But now you have a choice to abandon your baby or to raise it. And those are your options. Well, I wonder what she chose. I, I I think, if I remember right, it leads us to believe that she chose to raise her baby. Oh my God, which that's crazy. Which makes perfect sense in the context of domestic violence relationships. Yeah. Right? And so, I But how did this. they get, how did she get the baby from these crazy people? Oh no. No, no, no. There's no autonomy in raising the baby. Oh, so she has to be a part of their craziness. Basically, it's like, do you want to breastfeed she's this baby? G- okay. So she's got to be a part of their circle. Yes, that's right. Good. And now she's, she, is, she is there. She is in it. And so when I was watching this, I was like, okay, take away the, the Satan part and the supernatural part and like the upside down crosses. And this is straight up domestic violence. You know? Yeah. Like, let's contextualize oh this into a situation that would happen sans Satan. Well, I mean, like, this exact situation happens all the time. 
woman gets pregnant, reproductive coercion. Mm-hmm. So he gets her pregnant because he pokes holes in condoms. He throws away her birth control. Right. He drugs her and has sex with her, whatever. All kinds of different possibilities. She gets pregnant. They move in with his crazy family who is also like really abusive because for financial stability yeah for financial stability yeah. and she has this baby after having been like abused emotionally possibly physically torn down yeah torn down and then she's trapped with these people and is told that if she ever leaves that she'll never see her child again and so she stays and that's textbook domestic violence i'm sorry did you just describe the plot of rosemary's baby (laughs) that is exactly it with you know satan and but i do think i do think it could be argued that batterers and satan have some similar characteristics i'm not i'm not gonna argue that either i think i think you're right so when was this movie made 19 i'm gonna i'm gonna look 1968 so weird because 1968 was when roman polanski married sharon tate Okay. In 1969, Sharon Tate was murdered by the Manson family. Whoa. And she was eight months pregnant. She was stabbed to death. Isn't that interesting? That is... I mean, horrific. Her and her friends. He was away on business and... Or something. He was gone. I don't remember the exact... But it was the Manson murders. Yeah. And they murdered her and these people that were staying at her house. And... Charles Manson had sent them because he thought that there was like, he wanted to be famous and he thought that there was, there was like a movie producer or something. I'm probably getting this all wrong who lived in that house, but that person had sold the house to Roman Polanski and Mm. Manson didn't know that. And they murdered. Yeah. And now there's a movie about Sharon Tate with, um, what's that girl's name? Lizzie McGuire. Oh, Hilary Duff. Hilary Duff. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. Sharon Tate was beautiful. Well, speaking of Roman Polanski, and now he's um, fled the country and he's a fugitive. Exactly. Because he's but a perp. Why? He's yes, a rapist. Because he's a perp. So very shortly after all of this. After Sharon Tate was stabbed? No, after this film came out. Oh. A lot came out about how he had, hmm, I want to know their exact wording. I can't, oh shoot. I don't know what it was. But basically he raped a 13 year old. Great. Mm-hmm. I think it was unlawful intercourse is the word. Oh, yeah, very unlawful. Mm-hmm. Unlawful, yeah. Um, with a 13-year-old. And then he got in trouble yeah. and fled the country. Good. good, good. <laughs> so interesting. I'll we'll um, just leave that with you because I think there's probably some, some things to surmise from that allegation and the brilliant writings of our friend Roman Polanski. He's a weirdo. And that's Rosemary's Baby for you. Wow. And I'm still traumatized. Yeah. I wish I never would have seen it. Yeah. Honestly. and Or maybe I wish I would I'm have... I'm not ever going to watch it. I wish I would have seen it before I started doing this work. Yeah. Because I couldn't separate it. Yeah. It was just very... I, I walked away feeling... It was just horrible. So trapped. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. It was so crazy. So, go and watch it. If you haven't seen it already, because now you know all of the parts to skip, you can skip the Satan sex scene, even though for me that was like the most, the least traumatic. Um, Ugh. Whatever. 
But be so gross. Be aware that, that like I'm definitely throwing a trigger warning in there because I really struggled with it. Yeah. I really struggled with it because of historical trauma of being a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it was really hard to just live in that oppression. Yeah, that's for that long. Like yeah. constant. Gross. Yep. Yep. But watch it, see what you think. Yeah. Because it really messed me up. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'm still thinking about it. So watch it and then call your therapist. Yeah, because honestly, that was in maybe even late September, early October. And I, you can tell by how I'm talking about this. That I I'm remember still, you were like, yikes. I am still when you got back to work after that. This. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still processing. It's, I'm never so, going to watch that. Don't. I won't. Seriously, don't. I won't. <laughs> I'm not going to. Okay, so The Shining. Oh, such a good one. So I want to talk about The Shining because I just think The Shining is such a good movie. And who hasn't seen The Shining? Most people have seen it. Um, But also, spoilers. Yeah. Yeah, so there are spoilers. I don't know. I don't... I'm not very prepared to, like, give a lot of, like, super in-depth details about The Shining. Um, But, so, obviously, The Shining is was made after the Stephen King novel, right? So Stephen King wrote a book called The Shining. It's a huge book. And in 1980, Stanley Kubrick directed the movie version of The Shining, which traumatized my mother. She still cannot watch Jack Nicholson without picturing I am the, the guy same in The way. Shining. I'm the same way. Like, he can't be in anything else. Even though I love As Good As It Gets. That's one of my favorite movies Oh, it's so good. But I still think, like, when he smiles, I'm like, oh, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't. Jack Nicholson it. is so handsome to me. Like, as a young man, was so good looking. I thought he was so handsome. I'm attracted to people with good teeth. You know this. <laughs> and he has wonderful teeth. I thought you were going to say, I'm attracted to people who are psychopaths. Yeah, no. The teeth. <laughs> He's got such pretty teeth. Anyway, so basically, I didn't read the book, The Shining. I have a friend who read the book. My friend Ellen, who used to work at SAFE, read mm-hmm. the book and said the book was super, super scary. It's really long. And I heard that the book is a lot different than the movie, I know it ends very differently than the movie. So anyway, the movie starts out with Jack Torrance, who's the main character of The Shining, being interviewed by this hotel company. This hotel's called the Overlook Hotel. It's in the mountains in Colorado. And they're interviewing for a caretaker for the hotel because the hotel, as all of us know who grew up in mountain towns, closes during the winter because they can't get to it because there's so much freaking snow. That's what happens in Jackson, I think, too. So they have to have a caretaker who lives at the hotel, who makes sure that the boiler stays running and makes sure that the pipes don't freeze and they can't just shut it down for seven months, right? Which without anything else is my nightmare. Yeah. So super isolated. Like the worst job I could ever imagine. That's what I think. Would be being in the mountains in a huge hotel stuck for seven months or however many months. But I mean, probably that long. So it's like showing... um, Jack being interviewed and then it also shows Jack's wife Wendy who the character that plays Wendy it's just god help this woman she's the worst I can't stand yeah the the actress that plays Wendy yeah she's just I don't have anything nice to say well interestingly enough I just think they could have they picked like the most 
I, I'm not going to say it on the podcast. But anyway, well, if you've seen The Shining, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, She's so annoying. I do, She's not a good actress. I have something to add to that. I have something She's to add to that. She's just horrible. I, my dad. Oh, it's Shelley Duvall. Yeah. My dad yeah. is like a super film dude. Yeah. And he studies mo- movies, whatever. I don't know. Right. Anyway, and he said that there was a lot of intent in casting her. I'm sure. Because they wanted her to be off-putting. Okay. As just like she, she's odd to look at. She is odd to look at. She's so weird. And from the very second that you get to know her, you're like, and she's not a great, her acting is not great. And it was just interesting because Jack Nicholson is like an amazing actor. Anyway, I'm not impressed. Yeah. She's designed. I have strong feelings. Yeah. So the beginning of the movie starts out where you meet Danny, little Danny. Torrance who's their son who is like six I think he's little yeah and it's he's an only child and they're in their apartment in I'm assuming like Denver they're in Colorado I think and Danny has Danny's a little bit weird Danny's got some weird stuff going on he has that lady as his mom yeah well Shelly Duvall's his mom Jack weird Jack is Jack Nicholson's his dad right Jack Torrance who we find out pretty early on is an alcoholic and Wendy basically ends up telling this doctor who comes to the house to see Danny because Danny has like a weird incident that I won't spoil um, that Jack broke his arm. Jack broke Danny's arm. He got angry and he broke his arm and it was a mistake and it was stupid and he broke his arm. And again, this is like the early 80s. And so I don't the doctor looks concerned. I don't know that child abuse was taken as seriously back then as it is now. So I don't think the level of concern was what it would be. Now, if somebody broke, some dad broke his son's arm, that's like front page newspaper type shit. But anyway, so, but Jack's not drinking anymore. Jack's sober. And we know that as soon as batterers become sober, they don't abuse anymore. Right? right, Because it can all be linked to substance abuse. It's all about the booze. We Mm -hmm, know this. Okay. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So. If this is resonating with you and you're like, oh, that's true. They're not being sarcastic. This is 100% reality. Please go back and watch. Our one of our very first podcasts. Yeah, listen to about uh, what is it? Myths, myths, yeah. and facts about domestic violence, and then this will make more sense to you. Right. Yep. Because that's not true. We're lying to you. Right. We're being <laughs> smart asses. Okay. So Jack gets the job at the hotel. So everybody's like, "Great, this is going to be good." Great. So it shows them driving to the hotel. They're driving through the mountains and Jack's weird. Like Jack is kind of arrogant and just reeks of abuser. Yeah, he's real perpy. And Wendy's extremely, I think maybe what people would describe as like a textbook or like what they would, a stereotypical domestic violence victim. Maybe that's what bugs you. Maybe that's what bugs me. Cause I, none of the women that I work with are like Wendy. Like no. she's so meek and like, mm-hmm. oh, nah, nah, nah. like she's just the worst. Anyway, she's they're painted to be like, very, yeah. very, which she's on eggshells, I guess all the time around this guy. Cause she's probably got a lot of trauma. So anyway, they go up to the hotel and they're explaining to Danny, um, Basically, like, it's kind of foreshadowing the the possible chaos that could happen from being 
stranded in the woods. They talk about the Donner party Mm -hmm. and Jack explains to the Donner party that they had to eat each other because they got stuck and they had to eat to survive. And Danny again is a little boy. So that's a little bit weird to try to explain to a kindergartner, first grader. Anyway, I have a kindergartner. I'm trying to picture explaining cannibalism to him. It's a little (laughs) weird. I think we'll wait on that. Yeah. (laughs) Like maybe third or fourth grade type lesson. I mean, if you coddle him. Yeah. Well, we're raising him to be soft. Okay, so <laughs> they get to the hotel, and Jack goes with the the like CEO or the boss, the manager of the hotel, while Wendy is shown the kitchen by the chef, which makes perfect sense because that's where women belong. Yep, and so he's like, "Hey, like maybe we should maybe we should go see the kitchen, Mrs. Torrance." And his name's Dick Holleran, the chef, and he's. The only, I think he's the only black character in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm making a joke about the fact that women belong in the kitchen, but I also have to be honest and say every time I watch this movie, I think about how nice it would be to trapped, be trapped over a winter in that kitchen. Yeah. Because I would, I would. It's a huge kitchen. It's an industrial kitchen. It's got like, it's huge. And they have basically all the key shows are the freezer. It's like a huge walk-in freezer where they've got all the meat they could ever need for like the next year. They've got a huge pantry. They've got all kinds of stuff. And he and Danny are kindred spirits, basically. And Danny has this ability, this like little psychic ability, and he knows how to shine. And that's what Dick Holleran calls it is shining. So Danny talks through his finger. He has a little friend named Tony. Do the voice. I don't really know how he. I can't. I can't do it. Oh, it's kind of like this. You got it. Yeah. So he talks. Tony talks through Danny's finger and Danny's so cute. He has his little pointer finger and it bends and he talks like this. This I'm doing it at you. Yeah. This is where the transition into the rest of the podcast happens, where you do only that voice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tony's weird. And Tony's a little bit, Tony's a little bit like he's like protective of Danny, but he's also kind of like gets Danny into some trouble a little bit. Anyway, so basically like, yeah, the people leave and the Torrances are at the hotel and it shows Mrs. Torrance, Wendy cooking and Danny riding his little tricycle through the hotel and Jack is a writer and he thinks that this is going to be great because he can write while he's in the woods with no distractions. So Jack pretty quickly becomes distracted by ghosts I am still like I've seen The Shining so many times and I am I probably need to read the book because I bet it's more clear. I am not sure if it's Jack's mind that he's like going he's kind of losing his sense of reality because of the alien like because of the isolation. And so he's like talking to these things that aren't there or if it's actually like a haunted hotel. I think that's to the film's credit, though, because I think it's like unclear. But then Danny sees the ghosts. Well, right, the, the little girls end. in the hallway that are like, hi, Danny, come and play with us. Wow, you are mastering these voices. <laughs> but at the very so end, Danny you know, sees that, them too. There's that picture on the wall. That's where it's so weird. So that's why I think the ghosts are, the ghosts are real. The ghosts, yeah. So Jack starts talking to these ghosts and they're men. And it's a bartender. And Jack starts drinking again. Oh, Jack. Yep. And... Quickly, oh, which makes sense why the abuse begins. Yeah, quickly becomes an asshole, right? So basically, 
where it becomes really apparent that there's like abuse is obviously like at the middle to end of the movie where like Wendy's like, I got to get the hell out of here. My husband's losing it. She finds his typewriter paper and all it says is all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy written like thousands of times, which how creepy would that be if your husband was just in the study? That's all he was typing like pages and pages of it. Yeah. And the, she looks through like his giant stack of his manuscript and it's all that. Yeah. Yeah. And at one point in the movie, so at the beginning, Dick Holleran tells Danny he can't ever go to this one room. It's a scary room. He never is supposed to go to that room. And Danny ends up going to that room. And so Danny comes downstairs and he has a bruise on him. I can't remember if it's on his face. I think it's on his face. And Wendy gets pissed. Like she immediately assumes that Jack hit Danny. Because what else would it be? Because she knows Jack's acting weird. He's She just found this weird typewriter paper. And she's like, you son of a bee. You hit Danny. And Jack was like, what the hell are you talking about? You meet the woman and I think it's 237. I don't remember. You meet that woman. That's the scariest thing I've ever seen in my whole life as a little kid was that creepy woman in the bathtub in The Shining. Did you see that part? I did. Yeah, it's disgusting. And it explains her more in the book. Um, I I read some about her on the internet. Um, it It gives more of a backstory on that woman in the book. Anyway, the woman's who probably hurt Danny. But again, you don't ever know. From the movie, you don't know if Jack did or if the woman did. But anyway, Wendy decides she's going to get a, she gets like a baseball bat and she's like, get away, don't come near me, get away. Like, that's how she's saying it. Stop it. You sound just like her. (laughs) And he's like, Wendy, calm down. Like, and he's like following her up the stairs and she's really creepy. Yeah. And she's walking backwards and she's like swinging at him with the bat. And I think she ends up hitting him and knocking him down the stairs. This is, the woman in the bathtub, scariest for you. Super this scary. This is the scary for me. Yeah. This is the scary for me. He's so, this is like so perpy. Yeah. He's so And he's calm. calm. Mm-hmm. He he's, knows like, I'm going to get you. Yeah. He's like, like I, you I got no you. Control. So, so she's like frantically swinging the baseball yep. bat and he is in complete control, slowly walking up the stairs with his little Jack Nicholson grin. Yep. Calm down. Yep. He goes, at one point he goes, Wendy, darling, light of my life. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and she's he's trying to calm her down and she won't stop. So she hits him and knocks him out, right? Which I think. Is for the best. Yes, and then okay. she drags him into the freezer or into the pantry and locks him in the pantry. Yep. And then she and Danny go and lock themselves upstairs in the in their like the get the caretaker quarters. Which is a classic Which scary is, movie mistake. Yep. Yeah. They you lock themselves. I'm like, you're what? Of rooms in that yeah. Hotel. Well, the phones are down. Yeah, the phones are down. And it's like, there's like feet of snow outside. I'm just saying if you were to ever win a game of hide and seek. You're not going to go back to your. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like you're not, you shouldn't go back to your apartment. That said, we know what happens with trauma. Right. So then Jack, as part of his like craziness, one of the ghosts in this hotel is also a perp who murdered his family in the hotel. The old caretaker of the hotel. Mr. I don't remember. But he meets him in the bathroom. Mr. Murderer. Yeah. So. That guy lets Jack out of the freezer, basically, because the freezer's locked. And so somehow Jack gets out of the freezer, and you're left to assume it's the ghost that let him out. Jack gets a axe and goes upstairs and starts trying to get Wendy and Danny. And I don't want to spoil the ending, I guess. I spoiled the ending. Okay. So 
Wendy and Danny, like basically Jack if, is if like, if you want to watch this movie, stop now. Know, pause it. Yeah. Watch it. Then come back. So Jack is like, that's where the line, here's Johnny. Mm-hmm. Like in a horror movie became really famous because he's. I just need you to pause because you've been doing all of the voices up until now. And this is. I didn't do it. (laughs) I can't do Jack Nicholson. So he's banging through the the walls with this axe and he gets into the bathroom and Wendy can't get out of the bathroom because the window, of course, it's an old hotel. The window won't open more than like eight inches and she's a grown woman and very skinny but can't get out so she pushes Danny out and Danny gets out of the window and he runs and how terrifying for her as a mother to think Mm -hmm. like my child is running it is a blizzard outside he's six years old he doesn't have a coat on when I was watching it after I had my son I was like oh my god she had to have been so freaked out so anyway I don't remember how I can't spoil Danny because I don't remember how Wendy gets out of that bathroom, but she. Oh, I do. Go ahead. Because I don't remember how she does. I just remember that he gets, they they get out. Yeah, but I can't remember like how she gets out of the bathroom. Stooges style shenanigans. So he axed down the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something rebounded and hit him in the face or something. And she yeah, ran and she ran him. out of the room mm-hmm. and out of the hotel and he runs after her. Right. And so there's this huge maze outside of this hotel that's like a tourist attraction because it's really cool it's beautiful yeah it's like a hedge maze well Danny has memorized the maze Danny and Wendy have gone through the maze they play together in the maze so Danny knows this maze Jack has never been in it so Danny runs into the maze and Jack's chasing Danny through the maze remember and he's again walking really slowly with kind of a limp because he's the Wendy beat the shit out of him with that baseball bat yeah girl and so Danny is so smart. He gets on the ground and he starts with his little hands fixing the snow so Jack can't find his feet prints. Remember? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. it's just an example of a little kid who has been traumatized by his dad who's like, I got to save us and this is what I got to do. Like, if you've ever done domestic violence work and worked with kids who are victims of DV, they know what's up. They know what to do to keep themselves safe. And Danny, to have the wherewithal to be like, oh shit, he's going to see my footprints. I got to fix the snow. And he's ruffling the snow. Just, just so sad. So then Jack gets there and he's like, shit, I can't find him. And Jack freezes to death in the maze. Dun, dun, dun. And Danny and Wendy get away on like a big like machine, snow machine. I probably, guess. Probably, You're left to think they get probably away. Probably the snowmobile, snowmobile that Don has in his driveway. Probably my husband's snowmobile. That's right. Yep. And you're left. I guess you don't ever know what happens to Wendy and Danny, except you know that they survive because Stephen King wrote a sequel to the Shining right. called Dr. Sleep where Danny's an adult. Right. So Danny lived right. and I'm going to read Dr. Sleep. So I'm really excited Woo! before I watch the movie, but that's the shining. And the very end of it, this is why you believe that this is why I believe sure. that it's ghost is because the very end he's frozen to death in this maze. And yep. his face is so funny. And I love it every time. <laughs> it's I like this. Yeah. <laughs> you should have seen parents. <laughs> but, um, then it zooms back into the hotel and there's this picture of a party that was happening mm-hmm. in like the 20s years. or something. Yeah, yeah. Very, very wild party. And he is then in the photo. Yeah. He's like in the middle of the photo looking very dapper. So you're like, oh in my a gosh, tuxedo. Everyone in this photo is a ghost. Yeah. It's very, very creepy. It's a it's great a movie. movie. Yeah, it's a it's great really movie. Good. But yeah, tons of DV. Yep. Like, from the beginning, it's clear that this guy's abusive. Mm-hmm. And to us. Well, it's clear to us. And like he, yeah, it's clear to us that he's abusive. And he 
completely isolates, is able to isolate, which I think would be every perpetrator's dream would be to get a job as a caretaker in a mountain hotel where he had to isolate his wife and child for seven months. That's the, like that's, that's the dream of a batterer. That's the that's the because no one can hear you scream literally. That's the shining. No one can hear you scream literally. That's the shining. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. Why didn't they use you? For Shoot! The little... Dang it! That, they should have used me for the little like sentence at the top of the thing. Exactly. I'm gonna call. Uh... See if you can get them reprinted. Yeah, I'm gonna see. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at making phone calls. So. so watch the shining. It's really good. And look for look for the red flags. Yeah, and. We're sorry that Shelley Duvall is so bad. It makes I sense, though, that your dad convinced. said. Yeah, I'm not convinced that she's bad. I think she's accident. supposed to be bad. I think but she, she's just like, ugh. I think she's a good actress making you think that she soups weird. Yeah, which is which makes sense. Because she's aloof. She's I've playing. never seen her in any other movie, though, so I can't say that she's a good yeah, actress. I don't know. I but don't Jack know. Nicholson's amazing, and I can't think that Stanley Kubrick would cast somebody like Jack Nicholson alongside her unless it was intentional. I just think she does what she does on purpose. Yeah. And I think that takes skill. And you still, like, are, like, terrified for her. Because, I mean, not everyone is as charming as we are, but it's hard to be that not charming. But at the end of it, Danny saves them, not the mom. That's right. Because of that dang maze. Which is pretty common with domestic violence. Yeah, the kid saves the, the kid day. The always the one that yeah. pulls it out. Yeah, so good. It's great. But now Danny's an alcoholic as an adult. No more. That's than what I, I think Dr. Sleep's about. I'm pretty sure he's an alcoholic. Like, like his, his dad. dad. And he can still shine with Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I think. <sighs> anyway, I don't know what happened to Tony either. Well, I guess you'll find out when you read it. I'm going to read it. Yep. So watch these movies, see what you think. Yeah. And this has been one of my favorite podcasts to record ever. So we're definitely doing a part two of this. Yeah, we will. We <laughs> will. Farron and I are really big movie and TV people. Yeah, we really we like. love it. Yeah. So any excuse to do that, we will. Yeah, we will totally. <laughs> but if you have suggestions for movies that cover gender yeah. violence really well, please send them our way. Totally. And we'll watch them and then we'll talk about them. Yeah. That'll be great. That would be, we should do like a, every few weeks, do a segment on like movies and TV shows that. That's a great idea. Yeah. Okay. That's a great idea. Okay. Well, now you have a new New Year's resolution and it's to not watch Rosemary's Baby and to watch The Shining. Yeah, but you'll, apparently if you're my mother, you'll be traumatized by The Shining and you'll never watch Jack Nicholson in anything ever again. It does change him. He was so funny in Anger Management. Really? No. With Adam Sandler? So. But I watched The Shining before I watched Anger Management. Oh. And now all I see him as is trash. Jack Torrance trying to kill everybody. And even if he's not Jack Torrance, I'm like, perpy. Man, you're just really perpy. Like, everything he does. But also in Anger Management, there were some issues. There. So funny. Yeah, it was funny. But I also just... in a way that's like... Like when he sleeps no. naked next to him. Anyway. That's a funny show. We should do that one next. Anything with Adam Sandler is gold as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I don't know if I, I love him. Way. I love him so much. Anyway. Have a happy new year. Watch We these will talk to you soon. Whatever you want to do. But talk soon. Bye. <laughs>